Do you aspire to become a responsible leader? How do you see yourself now as a young man? Learning from challenges is one thing, but getting opportunities is another. If you're a young man who wants to learn about personal growth, life lessons, and leadership, tune in to Essential 11, Shaping Leaders Among Leaders. What's happening, sir? What's going on? How are you? Great, man. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Had a good run session this morning. Nice. That's good to meet you. Get ready for the call. Right on, man. I appreciate you taking the time. This is the first time we've ever gotten to uh, to meet and chat, and we got a bunch of young studs uh, from all over the world that are that are here with us, man. So I want to make sure you have full context uh, over kind of what we do, and then uh, we just want to dive into you, man. And, and these guys will have some better questions than I will. But um, you know, my friend Tim Kennedy and I uh, decided that uh, you know we want to impact young men. Uh, we want our young men to hear from good men and we feel like we have a pretty solid network of good men in between us so uh every every month these guys on the call along with their brothers from around the world they're taking on projects and challenges and readings but every single week they get to come on here and get to chat with the best of the best of the best from athletes to actors to entrepreneurs to navy seals to whoever the whole common thread is good men uh, pouring into these guys. So that's what we got going on here. Yeah, that's exciting, man. I feel maybe I come, I'm not quite up there with all those guys, but. But you know what? I, I my life. Uh, dude, I, and I appreciate that humility too, because I remember when I asked you and you're like, man, do you think I can even provide any kind of value? And now, you know what, to me, um, again, is just kind of some of that humility because I've been following your stuff and I know and I know the value you bring and I know some of the you know cool stuff you've been doing. So, um, no, it's an honor and a pleasure, man. So I appreciate you taking the time. That's a big deal. Yeah, man. So, and, and you're in Missouri. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yep. Okay. Uh, right. Springfield, Missouri. Uh, Branson's a little bit more well known. So I'm like right in between those two cities. That's awesome, man. That's a great spot. So I've gotten to travel around and do a whole lot of keynotes in the last decade or so. And uh, I had one stretch of time where I was in Missouri. I lived in California at the time, but I was in Missouri every week for about six months straight. And I got to be in that area quite a bit. It's beautiful, man. It's a great spot. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have been coming here uh, the last couple of years, almost like a little safe haven, I think. For sure, man. Yeah, I think so. That's awesome, man. So if if you don't mind, man, I would love to um, just take a couple minutes and kind of dive in to you a little bit. And I like to start, you know, a lot of these guys on here are 15, 16, 17, 18. I, I like to start kind of back in that in that time frame for you, if you don't mind, and just kind of go, man, who who were you and where was your head at that time? And, and kind of take us from there. Okay. Yeah, man, that's a you picked a very scary time in my life. So perfect. Um, uh, so I guess I should, we'll back up a little bit. Um, born, lived in the city for like five years. And then my parents moved me and my siblings out to a farm. And we started living on a farm, kind of having the farm life. Um, then my parents started splitting up. And when we move into this timeline of 15 is when I decided that I was just going to do whatever I wanted. Yep. And what that brought was sadness for my mother, for sure. Um, a lot of problems for me with police and all kinds of stuff. Um, 
fighting and I mean, just everything you could think of, I went into it. Yeah. Uh, I was raised with a very religious background. Um, uh, Pentecostal. Okay. Yep. And I think with like all those rules I was always put on, you know, I started to just be like, man, there's nothing I can do to like earn this or be this good. So forget it. I'm just going to go on my own route. So from 15 to 17, I was still participating in sports. And then I had my side activities that I was doing that were not constructive to what I was doing uh, as far as the sports. And I think around that 17, it was like my junior year, sophomore, junior year. Yeah. I decided, man, the only way I'm going to get out of this little town and actually do something with my life is if I buckle down in sports because I didn't like academics that much. I did enough to pass, but sports, I knew like God gave me a work ethic and I was like, effort is something that you can give and anybody can give. Right. So I'm not the most athletic guy, but I buckled down and I hit the weight room. I would be out running on Thanksgiving. Like it didn't matter what the day was. Like if I had my program, I was doing it. And it's funny. I made a deal with my dad. I was like, dad, I'll never ask you for money ever for college or anything like that. If you just buy me sports shoes and protein. And so he was like, deal. So I, uh, he bought me protein shoes and I played sports and I worked out all year round. And, uh, it's funny. My mom was just praying for me that whole time. And she had contacted some schools, a Christian school here in Missouri that had a really good program at the time. And the NAIA, they're ranked, I think, number two or three. So they're one of the main powerhouses in the NAIA. And I've been getting recruited by Boise State, uh, Lafayette, a few Division One schools. So I was thinking, like, I'm going to go to Division One. Well, this- I got hurt my senior year, missed a bunch of games. And ends up all these schools that we're offering are like, hey, we'll give you a preferred walk on. So now I went from like getting my school paid for to like, now I'm going to be a punching bag for two years. And I was just like, man, what's going on? And then this NAI school calls me out of the blue. I had no idea my mother contacted them and they offered me a scholarship. And so I thought, you know what? The route I'm heading, I'm going to end up in jail anyway. So I'm just going to go to this Christian school. It's going to be like going to jail and play sports and I I made a decision when I left I'm going to surround myself with people that are ambitious and want to move on and like I looked at like this football thing is like God gave me the abilities to play it I'm not going to screw around I didn't mess around with drugs or alcohol or any of that like my focus was to play ball and play at the highest level and try to win championships and I feel like that devotion and the love of the mother, right? Which yeah. if, you, if you have a mother that loves you, like that is such a blessing. Yes, sir. And she just was always there for me. And I ended up starting as a freshman, uh, ended up being the captain of the team and had a pretty fun career there. A lot of impact with the guys. And then I was radically saved at 19 years old and haven't looked back since. Obviously there's bumps in the roads, you know, but yeah, that faith is something for me that has kept me kind of on the path. And then my mother, you know, it's That's... funny because you you brought up this time, like the 15, like 15 is when I really started just like, I mean, I feel so bad still to this day about how my mother had to deal with me. For sure. And I just 
two weeks ago, I texted her and was like, mom, just so I know I love you so much. Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry for being a turd. Cause yeah. I know those, those mothers, man, they put up with it. Um, sure. But it's, oh, that's so rad. So, it, and it's interesting, man. We've, you know, we've been doing, um, we've been doing this program since uh, January one of 2021. And so we're on here every single week um, and have, you know, again, just, just amazing human beings on here. And it's so interesting because I always tell these guys, look for the patterns. There's always patterns of success, right? There's always patterns and behaviors that lead to good men being good men. So like, what are the patterns you pick up on that, you know, you can connect what Jared said to what Andy Frazella said to what Brian Callen said to what, you know, whatever, right. As we're going through these things. And one of the interesting things that comes up a lot are these kind of trials and tribulations a lot of times, you know, and, and the hope is that these guys can hear stories like this. That was the same thing. I sucked at 15 years old. Um, you know, I, I deserved to be in any jail on the planet because I just wasn't a good human being. I'm grateful for the learning experiences now, but gosh, if we can have these guys figure those things out and bypass our mistakes, well, amen. And that's right. That's a, that's a good thing. So yes. we, what do you think was the difference between, cause you're talking about rules and how it was like, man, the rules and, and kind of the rules of the church or the rules of, you know, school and the rules of whatever or things that weren't really jiving, but you still had self-imposed rules or standards for yourself, right? You were imposing the rules of, no, I'm going to stay fit. No, I just want, give me some shoes and some protein. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to pour into this. So what do you think that differentiator is, you know, for a young man or a man in general on, I don't really love the rules, but I've got my own set of values and standards and I won't detract from this. Like, how do you differentiate sometimes? Yeah, that's tricky because it is. that was kind of, I like, I think the working out was a really big deal for me because it made, it made me feel good, right? Sure. I started seeing some improvements mm. and I think when you do hard things, like obviously there's chemicals and stuff that go along with that, but when you do hard things, it sets you above the norm. Yes, sir. And that feeling of self-worth, like I'm doing things that other people aren't willing to do. That started pushing me to, I want more of that. Mm. Um, and the impact that older guys have on the young guys. So I had a stepbrother who took me to the gym. We would go work out at five 30 in the morning. And then I would work out again with my team and stuff and him believing in me. That was such a huge, huge part of it. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, you know, I always say like, God brings beauty, even in the ugly things, right. And sin and all this, like God can still bring beauty out of it. And like obviously divorce and like separation, all that, like that's, that's impactful on a young man. But then God brings this stepbrother into my life. That's like five years older than me. Who's jacked and like his ambition and his will for life was just like, man, I don't need to be smoking dope out in the back with these scumbags. Like let's get to the weight room. And that just started kind of turning my mindset around. Like, now I was like in that point where I had one foot in out here and one foot in here. Right. And then that foot just started slowly shifting over to like, Hey, I want to help other people. I want to be a leader. 
I don't want to be the guy that's following. And that just kind of that mold started to shift. And then I've taken that and tried to just stay with it till today. And there's obviously bumps and ups and downs and I've treated people wrong. And, and it's just like this crazy ride that we're on, but for sure. the end goal, right. Is to be able to be an example for others through love. And that was something that took a while to figure out is like, you can force someone, right? Like if you become big enough and powerful enough, you can force someone to change like with a physical dominance. But the second that that strong force is gone, there's no real change because the heart was never changed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the only way you can ever change a heart is by loving them and loving it when it's hard, because it's easy to love people when you're winning and when you're all happy together. But how do you love people when things really start to turn? You know, do you point the finger? Or do you point the finger at you, especially if you're the leader? Because the leader, it's always your fault. So it's like owning up your mistakes and trying to love even in the hard situations. That's been one that's really, I mean, I feel like I had the love part figured out when everything was great. But then when things go wrong, you don't want to be like, hey, that was on me. You know, that's the hard, that's the one of the hardest things to do. But I feel like around 2017, 18, I started figuring out that, hey, you're in a leadership position which everyone's in a leadership position because you're at least a leader of yourself at the bare minimum and there's people looking at you even when you don't know it so owning your mistakes and uh that book by Jocko Willing extreme ownership yes sir I probably went through that four or five times and man it's funny because the first time I'm reading it I'm like ah everything can't be my fault yeah. And I'm like always looking at ways like, no, this was definitely their fault. But then I'm like, well, I backed up six months. And what I did right there is what established that thing that happened six months later. Bingo. And so it really is your fault. Like you're only the one who can control the little things that you can control and like pointing the finger. That's never making you better as a leader. That's right. Oh, so good, man. You are always exactly where you have decided to be. Yes. You always are. Yeah, it's so good. So Extreme Ownership is one of the, the 12 books these guys commit to read over the course of the year of this program um, for, for that very reason. We've been lucky enough to have Mr. Leif Babin has joined us and uh, Carlos Mendez, who's also part of Echelon Front, um, has joined us. And, and we got a couple more things with Echelon Front planned because um, they all embody that exact thing. And I love the way you frame that too around um, you know, loving through the hard times and, and that being such a prime example uh, of leadership, man. And it gets to be such a hard, it, it can be such a hard thing to do. You mentioned, you said 2017, 2018, somewhere in that was when you kind of started taking ownership. Was there something that happened specifically there? What was the scenario there that kind of shifted that mindset for you? So 2016, I think competing wise, I was competing in CrossFit. I'd started competing when I was, uh, I think 2012, my first regional and I'd done individual. And then I moved into the team side in 2015. Okay. We had a pretty good team. I feel like my leadership from football was like, I'm kind of back in that role where I'm with other people, not just competing with myself. Right. And so I started, you know, I've been told my whole life, like, you know, you're a leader, you're a leader. So you think, leadership a lot of times is like the people you looked up to and a lot of times in movies right like movies scary enough can control a lot of the way that our nation thinks and so you see leaders is like 
you know, you can get in someone's face when they need it and this and that. And <clears throat> so that kind of worked in 15. Well, then 2016, we had some new players on the team that challenged me in a way that made me kind of just sit back and get a little bit more passive. Mm. Now, a leader cannot be passive. And I learned that the hard way. And that was our worst finish at the games. We had multiple people leave the gym because of disgust of the whole situation. And I remember thinking, okay, I still want to compete, but I don't want that to be my legacy. And I don't want people being hurt leaving my gym because of it. Yeah. So then I swung the pendulum from the passive. I started listening to extreme ownership and I shifted to that other side. And then I had been doing a little bit of the art of war too. Yes. And also on our list. Yeah. The uh, fraternizing with subordinates. Yes. So I think I took that a little too far. So I really kept myself at a distance and was more of an authoritarian. Right. Yeah. And we had a decently successful season. Still some feelings were twisted, but no one was leaving the gym afterwards. Um, and then the following year, so I was thinking like, well, that's pretty good. I'll just keep pushing with that. The following year, we had a pretty much a whole new team with me as the one main consistent one had been on all the teams. And they were a different group. I mean, they went so hard but they were always super kind. And I kind of had this reputation at the time of kind of an a-hole. Like I would compete. And if I felt like the judge was wronging us, like I would spout off and like, just like not the leader that I really wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, letting my temper kind of take over on some stuff. And the way that these guys loved, I remember just kind of watching them and like the way they talked to people, the way they treated each other and simple things like, if we'd be out training late and I, like a lot of times I would drive in my pickup, you know, I'd pull up and stop to let them out and they would get out. A lot of times like they would fist pump me or they would all hug each other. And then they would walk behind my vehicle so that I could pull forward and like just little things, you know, I'm noticing like they're trying their best to make everyone else comfortable around them. Yeah. And so that season really started to change the way I led and I remember having a, a talk kind of at the beginning of the season like care more about the person next to you than yourself and watch what happens this year yes sir and so it's like we kind of just built on that and started kind of opening it up to the gym even and then we ended up finishing fifth of the games that year our team had a ton of opportunity and I feel like that was like that year will always be a year that I just remember that shift from like a due to my status, my strength and like the, the kind of powerfulness that I have like an aura over me. Right. That right. shifted to like, Hey, let's love people and watch the change. And man, the change is a, a lasting change. It's not just a season change. So it's been just a journey, you know, and I'm nowhere even near where I want to be, but I'm still pushing to try to get there. Oh, that's awesome, man. I love, uh, dude, I love that. I love that. That is an infinite change. Um, I mean, it is, it's a different level of, um, it is, it is a different level of leadership, man. Um, it, you know, and, and I don't know, I, I want these guys, you know, in that same vein of what we were talking about earlier, I want these guys to figure that out 
earlier than you and I, because I had to go through the same kind of things, right? Where it's like, you know, things are breaking down because I fraternized too much with my, you know, employees or whatever. I've started a bunch of, you know, schools and, and things that I've um, been the founder of as, as well, right? And so fraternizing too much and it's like, okay, then I start another campus and I'm like, nah, that, that ended up breaking. So now I'm going to stay way further back and yeah, better, but there was still something missing, right? And it wasn't until kind of my third iteration of it where I went, okay, I'm still in this leadership position, but man, I am just going to make them the most important things on the planet that it really went, okay, well, I mean, that's, that's what it's supposed to be the whole time. And I want to impart that on young people, you know, so they don't have to make the same mistakes we did. Um, It's so powerful, man. So what does, are you still competing now? Because I got a lot of buddies across. Jason Kalipa is a, a dear friend of mine. Um, and actually Savon, man, old school CrossFit. Savon, oh, yeah. Savon Matosian is a good friend of mine too. I'm going to be heading back to California in a couple of weeks and seeing both of those guys when I go speak with Charlie Kirk. Um, so some good dudes, but um, are you still competing? So uh, 19 was my last year competing in CrossFit. Um, I was going to go individual in 2021. 2020 just kind of shut down everything. Yeah. 2021, I was in really good shape. First week of the Open on a Sunday, I was going to do the workout on Monday. I'm in the gym, or I'm in my gym just shooting hoops. Just mess around on Sunday. And I, and I do this little like soccer trick on balls sometimes. I didn't have my shoes tied. I jump on top of it. The ball's not aired up. It kind of sinks, and I just explode my ankle. I like, tore a couple ligaments. I had multiple fractures. I mean, I just blew it to pieces. So that ended that year, which was, you know, a lot of lessons learned in that and disappointment. I feel like in disappointment, if you don't let it take you over, that's where the biggest lessons will be learned. Yes, sir. And so I feel like I identified that quickly and was like, this is going to be like one of the greatest comebacks, you know, this is my thinking. Yeah. And so I didn't complain. I still worked out the whole time, um, did what I could. And then I started seeing Jacob Hepner competing in the tactical games. Yeah. So that's the combination of fitness and shooting. And I love shooting. I grew up shooting. Uh, I've been even shooting all through CrossFit. So I was like, this is something that I think I would really love to do. And got a group of guys and we've been doing a lot of that and my first one is actually next weekend so oh, i'm pretty excited i'm nervous all yeah. of those feelings of like am i good enough did i do enough like i'm feeling all that you know and it's like effort that's the one thing i can control so i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna send it and i'm excited about it oh that's so rad man where where is that is that out in missouri with you, where you are or you just have to travel for that so this one's gonna be in garrettsville ohio which is okay. about 11 hours from now. okay yep. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. me and Jacob Hepner actually getting an Airbnb and it'll be a good bro out weekend. Looks like yeah, for sure. Good for you, man. That's rad. I was just in, uh, I was in Texas a couple of weeks ago and I went out to the new sheepdog, uh, the new sheepdog center that we set up out there that, that Tim's got for running courses and stuff. And so they want to do some, um, you know, some good running gun stuff on the outside, man, and, and some good plans for that. So I'll have to get you out there at some point, man, and come, oh, uh, man, I would love to, I love what sheepdog's doing. I love, Tim Kenny's school he set up like that's what this nation needs, man. If people could get homeschooling their kids and teaching them real life stuff, not this nonsense that's going on in schools right now. It's like people need to know how to start fires, change tires, shoot guns. Oh. I mean, fish, like 
that is the things that are important because that's the things that keeps you alive. And that's what brings community. Brother, dude, I mean, so Tim and I were working out in Texas. We're talking about developing this program. And he goes, I need to open one of your schools. And I'm like, let's roll. So we got that school up and running for that exact thing. Um, I'm out, you know, again, I'm California born and raised. I'm at my ranch right now in North Carolina because it's a homestead because we can grow our own food. We have our own animals. We can fish on the property. We have, you know, water on the, like it's, it's that man. bring these guys out, you know, because it's all about being able to be self-sufficient, you know, community. I can supply water and food to every house in this Valley. If I need to, um, if it, if it serves the community, right. I could not agree with you more, man. Yeah. Spot on, um, on the CrossFit side is that i don't know a ton um about like what what is going on but from a corporate level is my understanding is there's some like funkiness going on or people are like oh crossfit's losing its way and all that kind of stuff has that bled into your guys's gym at all or is it just like you know what man we're just going to kind of do what we want to do and yeah that's a good question so i pulled away from affiliate affiliation with crossfit and 20, I think 19, I didn't re-up my affiliation. Yep. And it, it was, it was before all the other stuff that it went down. Yeah. Um, it was more just like a business decision for me that if you're not competing, which we hadn't that year really that much. So yeah. I let it run out. We didn't have a team. So there wasn't a lot of reason to have the affiliation. Got it. Cause I always did my own programming and I wanted my gym to be just kind of different than the other crossfit gyms i wanted my people to be strong and we had a community trying to keep it from being like that fake community so it's it's just a little different sure. um just this last year we had a group of kids that wanted to go team so we reaffiliated this year and then they went they went to a semifinal and got 10th so they didn't make it to the games uh, my wife made it to the games individually that's awesome and Truthfully, what I see happening with CrossFit is that they are trying to please the world. And that's, if you try to please the world, you will definitely fall. Yep. And so I think that with some of these sponsors they've taken on that are really trying to please the world, yep. they are going to try to change CrossFit. Yeah. And CrossFit's always been inclusive to everyone, but they have their, their morals and their standards that they've stuck to pretty decent, I believe. Obviously, there's anytime you have something that grows to be an empire, you're going to have bad seeds, right? And like, how do you deal with that? But I think as soon as we try to go to this woke culture stuff, that's when you'll see the demise of everything that was good that we know. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think anybody that starts bending to that, um, you start going down the wrong path. And, and it's, you know, as soon as we get into that, that decadence and that um, everything is permissible and, and every idea is permissible when, you know, um, I think historically we can see that be the beginning of a, you know, uh, of a real bad downward slope. So yeah, totally get that. All right, Mr. 100%. And on that note, you can look at every great superpower ever like Greece, Rome. And the last thing they did is they made it normal for pedophilia. Yes, sir. And we can see that we're right on the brink of that right now. Yep. And that is not natural for grown people to be with children. Yep. And every superpower, that was the last move they made before their country was pretty much smited. 
Yes, sir. Right? And like a lot of times God won't do it with his own hand, but he'll commission someone to take care of it. Yep. So we're at a very dangerous place in this nation right now. And it's scary to talk about it because people want to cancel you. They want to shame you. But, right. you know, there's some things that's in us, like in our DNA that we know is right and wrong. And this is one where there is no question. That's right. And so I, I want to challenge people to stand up like that is not OK. It is not OK in any realm. That's right. That's it, man. And that's part of that. It is still part of that loving leadership to love people enough to tell them the truth, even if it's going to come back to bite you. Right. Because again, at the end of the day, you are the leader. You are the leader of you. You have to take ownership over that. And even if everybody else is going to be just, it's going to be pissed about the truth. You owe it to, to deliver that truth anyways. You know, yes. yeah, yeah. I love it, man. You have now taken the step to becoming a great leader of tomorrow. Join the Apogee program by visiting www.apogeestrong.com. For inquiries, contact us 916-728-0606 or email matt at apogeestrong.com. Thank you for listening to Essential 11, Shaping Leaders Among Leaders. Stay tuned for more episodes.